Hi, everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. Matt. And this week, tech died in Arkansas and also in Frisco. And at home. And at home. And what? in our hearts. I get no, it never dies <laughs> no. in our hearts. That, no. that is a line that will never be crossed. Imagining uh, Stetson Bosecker playing uh, My Heart Will Go On on a keyboard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> specifically. <laughs> Is that back-to-back weeks where we've mentioned yeah. Bosecker on the podcast? Shouts out Stetson, <laughs> miss you, good buddy. Because uh, I think the tennis team played Stetson last week, I think. Anyway. <laughs> Shouts out um, Stetson. We love you, buddy. Yeah, we keep it up. You. He's going to be on our 2024 sticker, and he won't know why. He'll be very confused, but that that's that, he was a really he's – a, he's a great guy. Yeah, Stetson was not there in Fayetteville, but a bunch of the rest of us were to see Tech play Arkansas in three baseball games over this past weekend – and they did not do very well. Oh, the first game was actually the best of the bunch um, in terms of the amount of runs lost by. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they actually had to get their closer involved, at least if you're going by traditional baseball rules. I sure as hell was thankful that Saturday went by so swiftly. It was a two hour, five minute game and really needed that because a little baby that was that was Leah's first sporting event, guys was watching tech get destroyed. By- well, I mean, so you said a bunch of us were up there. We had a group of nine friends meet up in Fayetteville at my uncle's house. Shout out Uncle Rolf and Aunt Sari for their hospitality. They're uh, diehard listeners. Uh, no, they, they, yeah. no <laughs> no, they are the, uh, but they are the pizza king and queen of Northwest Arkansas. Yeah. If you ever get a chance, if you're going through Northwest Arkansas, stop at Eureka pizza, tell them Rolf's nephew sent you and they'll, be like, oh, cool. <laughs> um, and then you'll pay for your pizza and move Full on price. with your day. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, it was, a, it was a great trip. Uh, great little birthday for me on Saturday, you know, um, turning 32 with the homies in Fayetteville. You know, could have asked for a little bit more from the baseball team, but, you know, uh, all in all, great trip with, with you guys. And, uh, you know, we don't get to do that stuff very often. So it was, it was fun. To do it twice in six months. First time Matt met my wife. So yeah. that tells you how often we get to hang out with each other. You not know? enough. Not enough, buddy. Uh, yep. yeah, first time I met Catherine, you guys. First been... time I met your daughter. So yes. uh, first time you all met my daughter. So yeah, but uh, Catherine, you guys have been together for what? Six years, seven, seven. years. Yeah. Yeah. And we just now met for the first, for the first time. Yeah. And uh, Rolf, I speak, you know, we talked about him earlier, housing us for the games and, all that, but uh, we driving us to the games in his church bus. He drove it. We're not going to go into the details of how he attained <laughs> said church bus, but now the Rolf mobile delivered us to the game on a uh, Saturday. Yeah. Where uh tech lost again, uh, the first game, yeah. uh, we should probably just dive right into it. Uh, what happened the first game? Yeah. The first game on Friday afternoon, when the better, better of the three days when it came to the weather, a pair of two-run home runs in the second inning off Jonathan Fincher set the tone early for the Razorbacks, and another run was allowed in the third, and the Dogs were down early 5 to nothing. Although true freshman Carson Evans made his presence known in his first career start for Tech, breaking up the no-hitter and starting a small rally in the fifth with a double, and then hitting a two-run home run to left field the next inning. It was now a 6-4 to deficit, but the Bulldog bats stayed fairly quiet the rest of the night. And the Razorbacks took the series opener seven to four. Yeah, and the big story coming out of this weekend, I feel like it out of this game and out of the weekend is uh Davis. Or you mean Carson Evans? Sorry guys, I'm very tired. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I can look up Dalton Davis's stats if you like. Yeah, it, it, yep. nothing impressive. But. No, not really. I think Carson Evans kind of coming out of nowhere is what surprised us all, and we were all kind of like, the hell is this guy? In fact, that's what was tweeted out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, you want me to read his bio? You want me to read his bio on latexsports.com right now? Sure. All right, all right, here it goes. End of bio. There is no bio, it is literally <laughs> blank. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Burroughs talked about it after the series, kind of saying, you know, with true freshmen, if you play them in baseball, you lose them for the like their, their red shirt is burned. So you can't play them one at bat, one inning in the field. Like, it's not like football where you get four games. So you have to like really believe in a freshman to put them on the field. And uh, Carson Evans, you know, put his money where his mouth was and uh, and backed up Burroughs on that decision because he came out and he was the only one that really seemed to do well in all three games this weekend and, and then stretching on into the midweek games as well. Right. Well, the first game was the best of the bunch as far as the score. I actually thought we had a shot there and it was looking kind of good and then ultimately petered out at the end. But uh, Saturday was a bitter disappointment yeah saturday was the game that the entire group of us were able to come out and it was also the game where tech was dominated by a pitcher a complete game three hitter by arkansas pitcher will mcintyre kept the bats quiet uh, luckily two of those three hits came in the same inning allowing carson evans who else to single home a darius myers to avoid the shutout the Razorback bats didn't have the same issues, though, hitting three solo home runs off the starting pitching of Raleigh Hector, and the Arkansas Razorbacks go on to win 6-1. to one. Yeah, and like Evan said right as the game was ending, the fact that it went a complete game was didn't bode well going into Sunday, and boy, it did not. But uh, they're, well, they're not having to use their bullpen whatsoever. And the fact that they could just complete game against Heck was pretty humiliating. Yeah, I mean, and my uncle... I- I was kind of complaining to my uncle about how we didn't get hits against their guy who had a high ERA and all this stuff. Uh, uncle Kurt, to be clear. And he said, uh, that guy has a, a high, um, ERA this season, but it's because of one bad inning. So we're that early in the season where like a really, really good pitcher can have one bad outing and their ERA looks terrible. So, you know, don't judge a book by its cover at this point in the season, I guess. But yeah, to, to give up the complete game, like, so I think by that point in the weekend, they'd use three pitchers through two games. And it was kind of like, man, we might be in trouble tomorrow because we talked about last week how their their pitching depth was a little bit hurt um, due to injury. But like we didn't get into the depth. So um, unfortunately, nothing really could have saved us on the Sunday game. Uh, our pitching just did not have it on Sunday, to be to be real honest. That's probably the nicest way you can put it. Yeah, the second inning Sunday gave Tech their first lead of the series, thanks to three runs on one hit and three hit-by-pitches by the Arkansas starter. I took a picture of the scoreboard around this point, and uh, just I guess I have proof that we led at some point. But that optimism was pretty short-lived. Uh, like you said, Evan, with the pitching from Tech, after Arkansas hits two two-run homers in the third, starter Reed Smith is pulled and replaced by Tech's best reliever so far this year. Coming into that game, if you look at and, ERA, and Landon Nathan's Tompkins. Boy, Nathan's boy. Landon yeah. Tompkins. Yeah. <laughs> the first time I may have seen him pitch in person now that I think about it. Um, he goes on to let me down by walking Ooh. the next five batters, only throwing, I believe, two strikes. Yeah, I think it was three strikes and 24 pitches. I mean, 
that that's not who he is. So like, I don't want to. Read oh yeah, too, no, like, that was it, a joke about actually letting me down. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it sucks. Like, obviously, that's a terrible. Out- like, that's the worst possible outing. Basically, you walk five straight batters. You needed to get one out, man. Like, I think they had already scored five runs when he comes on the mound, but you needed to get one out, and instead you walk five straight batters on twenty-four pitches. Like, that's just not. That's not acceptable, um, and he knows that. And I think uh, hopefully it lit a, a little bit of a fire under him, and we'll talk about his next performance because it's already happened. But um, yeah, the game isn't over yet, though. I mean, we still don't even have that last out of that inning. So Ryan Harland comes in to stop the bleeding, uh, gives up a hit to give up a couple more runs. But at that point, by the time that inning is over, uh, it is ten to three Razorbacks. You know, I want to say his name eventually. Carson Evans hits a three run home run in the sixth to, you know, try to make it interesting, uh, making it 10 to six. But a hit by pitch, two walks, two fielders choices and two singles for four total runs puts the game back within the run rule watch with the Razorbacks up big. But luckily, the Bulldogs escape with their dignity intact and only lose by nine, 15 to six. Well, uh, uh, yeah, that's pretty bad. I uh, was keeping up the game on the road. Um, ultimately, Julie and I had to take off a little early, and God, thank God we did. <laughs> it was miserably cold. Yeah. It was bad. It, it was like 48, but it felt so much cold. <laughs> we were all just like freezing our butts off, man, uh, yeah, out I'm, in the outfield. Well, Le- Leah had that bear suit, which kept her ho- com- incredibly warm. But yeah. I get one of those, but like sure. adult sized. Absolutely. And tech themed. Okay. I saw a sponsored ad today for a, for a sleeping bag. That's like, but you wear it. So we should have had those. (laughs) Well, give it like sleeping bag material, but you, you, you like, it has sleeves and stuff. It's crazy. I I know Courtney was kind of trying to pitch the go tech. Please don't die. Branded Snuggie. Sure. Why not (laughs) for it? I'd buy one. So what I was going to say is this weekend could best be summarized by what I went through on Saturday's game where I actually fell asleep during the game. Um, <laughs> I two parents out there and people getting ready to have children, just a little heads up, uh, taking a near six month old to a sporting event or traveling several hours from home with a six month old is very hard and tiring. Yeah, I was kind of surprised at how well y'all were doing with it. To be oh, honest, we weren't. Behind, <laughs> behind the scenes, we were dying. <laughs> oh yeah. I know definitely. But at least from the outside, it's like, Oh wow. They're really on top of everything. Yeah. And uh, years from now, I look back and I tell Leah about all this. Uh, I'll get a kick out. Of just have her listen to the podcast to catch up. Yeah, there you go. Uh, sure. And uh, just tell her, <laughs> yeah, we took you out to some micro brews on a church bus. And uh, um <laughs> Yeah, it was all fun and games, but yeah, it was it was very hard for us. But it looked even harder for the Bulldogs out there. They just got mollywopped all weekend. Yeah, and the weather wasn't always great, especially in that Sunday game. The ballpark, though, I love that ballpark. Uh, even yeah. though we had outfield GA seats, so we brought in our own uh, lawn chairs and a, a cooler full of beer. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's cool. But the stadium itself—you go in the concourse, like it's it's wonderful. They have a bunch of different you know, concession stands and everything like that. Like if I lived in that area, I would live at that ballpark because <laughs> it's basically exactly how I would want a college baseball park to look. And I love JC left field too. And there's a lot of common things between the two. Uh, but you can tell that thought went into planning that. Ballpark. Yeah. It's a, it is a really good ballpark. Uh, when Julie and I went into the main concourse with Leah to get something to eat and you get where the main seats are behind home plate. 
It really is incredible. It feels like the fans are right on top of the field, but the experience yeah. out in the uh, the hog pen, as they aptly call it, it's great too. I mean, the food was overpriced, but pretzel bites were freaking delicious. Shouts out T Boys. Yeah, yeah, I'm still thinking about that case. Shouts shout out to I think it was called T Boys Barbecue. Uh, the uh, nachos that we got really good too, but it's a great ballpark. I have yet to go to Love Field ever in my life, the old one or the new one. Yeah, it was uh, it was a tough weekend for the Bulldogs, but yeah, the ballpark was great. Atmosphere was great. Obviously, seeing all of you guys was great. But uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been an interesting start to the season for sure. Yeah, and I mean, I just want to say about the stadium. Um, so in in the outfield, right, you're they have a separate ticket area. It's just like love field where you go out to that gate. If that's where you're sitting, you can bring in your own cooler. You can bring in your own chairs. You bring in food from outside. Like they don't, they, they don't, don't care, man. So you got a cooler. We brought in a cooler full of beer. We brought in pizza on Sunday. Like, <laughs> you know what? We still bought stuff from the stadium too. Yeah. Though. Like that's the thing. So, you know, tech has that left field area that's not technically inside of the stadium, but they've closed it off at times and people watch the games from back there. And tech has cops that go around and like make you leave if you have a cooler, even though you're not inside the stadium. So like, don't, don't do that. <laughs> be more like every stadium should aspire to be what Baumwalker stadium was, you know, other than tech losing games there, I guess. But like the, the atmosphere was just so cool you know, shout out to Uncle Kurtz, A, that he donated money for uh, in honor of my, <laughs> my great grandfather who played for the Razorbacks in the 1920s. But, you know, just the the whole like outfield experience was just everything that you would want a college stadium to be. Yeah, that was great. They have picnic tables with fucking picnic grills. Yeah, you can bring yeah. a charcoal was, and grill. It, if the weather would have been a lot better, it would have been a hell of oh, a yeah. great time. Oh, yeah. And look, other stadiums don't even let you charcoal grill in their parking yeah. lot before the game. And they're like, nah, bring the charcoal in, bro. Let's do it's it. Fantastic. Look, yeah. And it, it's just great. When the man. weather gets better. It's going to be, it'll be a hell of a place to go watch a ball game. But uh, combine the bad weather, the fact that our team performed very badly. But anyway, yeah, it was, it was a tough weekend. I was hoping we could eke out one victory. I was, yeah. I kept telling myself, oh, I bet it's going to be the Sunday game since I'm not going. But, it turned out that was the worst. <laughs> yeah. And I know that um, uh, we still have to cover, I, I'm not sure how much in depth we'll go with the air force games, but uh, I, I'm assuming we're going to talk about them. Yeah. That's pretty much up next. I figure we usually do players of the week, but let's include the air force games in there too. Just since we didn't have midweek last week and you know, we won one of these games, at least uh, the Tuesday game against air force back at the love shack, Landon Tompkins, who had that horrible outing, uh, giving up five straight walks, got his first career start, after his worst career outing on Tuesday night uh, and combined with Alex Sparks, Ryan Harland and Jonathan Fincher all out of the bullpen, they combined to only allow three hits and struck out 17. Yeah. Uh, the bats didn't need to do much, but Carson Evans, I'm going to say his name every time now continued his RBI streak and Jeffrey Ince added a home run to lead tech to a five to nothing win over as Dave Nitz puts it, the air force, the entire, yeah, the entire air force. Yep. Um, yeah. Good. Great outing from the pitching staff. Uh, really needed it after a really tough weekend where they gave up 31 hits in three games um, <laughs> and, and 28 runs, oh, by the yes. way. Um, so, yeah, a, a nice shutout win there um, and, you know, gave me some hope heading into the Wednesday game that maybe the pitching staff was better than they let on. But uh, oh. that, that, <laughs> that didn't last long. No, not <laughs> yeah. really. And um 
Oi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's go ahead and jump into that one as well. Um, I'll get his name dropped. Uh, out of the way early a Carson Evans RBI single was the difference through the first two innings before a two out rally in the third gave air force a three to one lead. But the fourth inning is where the wheels at least started to really fall off again with two outs. Nick Fraginals gives up a couple of singles and then is pulled Tanner Knight comes in, throws eight straight balls the eighth of which hits a batter and he's pulled. Justin Williams comes in, throws a wild pitch that scores a run and then walks the batter. Okay. Uh, then finally gets a ground ball to get out of the inning, and now the Bulldogs are down five to two. I want to fast forward a little bit through this. Both teams end up scoring some runs, but really Air Force is continuing their uh, offensive domination in this one because in the ninth inning, the Falcons have extended their lead to twelve to six, and with three outs to play, Tech loads the bases. Okay, something's brewing here, and Myers, Adarius Myers, doubles two of those runs home, uh, making it. 12 to 8, three outs left and four runs needed. McLeod hits a sack fly to make it 12 9, and then Myers scores on a ground out. So now two outs and it's 12 to 10. Baylor Cobb, a name I only slightly recognize, uh, pinch hits here and grounds out to end the rally, and Tech falls short 12 to 10. Yeah, I mean, Air Force isn't good, y'all. No. That's yep. uh, give I'm happy with our offensive hit. production. 10 runs, even against a bad team, sure, but that 12 has got to go. Yeah, and all the all the walk. I mean, we we hit five guys with pitches in this game. Yep. Traden Tamaya got one. Jake Grieving got one. Eric Joe got hit twice. Man, get this man an ice pack. <laughs> He's got to serve our country. Stop hitting the man with the ball. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and Aaron Reyes gets hit by one too. I mean, I just I just want some pitchers who are going to throw strikes. Man, like that's all I want at this point. Yeah. Uh, and, they didn't. They didn't want to do it tonight. No, it was pretty ugly. It's pretty ugly. With with all the walks and hit by pitches and everything in this game, it's just that's been a problem all season is allowing base runners. Um, we've been lucky that first Ole Miss game and even really the second one, we were lucky by the fact that we allowed men to get on base and then we found a way out of it. A lot of times that comes down more to luck than it comes to okay, we're just good at pitching when the bases are loaded. Uh, you just happen to get the right plays at the right time. And in a game like this, it that luck just ran out. Tech allowed runners to get on base through hit by pitches, through walks, through whatever. I guess only four walks in this game. Really, it was more hits in this one. But earlier in the season, we had problems with walks. That's not that that's not acceptable to a team like Air Force. You allow them on base, they will score, and that's just how teams will. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, against a bad team, either. I mean, I don't know. We have to we have to figure it out and. uh I thought maybe Tuesday would boost the confidence, but it really didn't do much on Wednesday because the pitching staff, I mean, the pitching staff is the reason we lost this game. Like that's the only, you know, to hit five guys, walk four more. Um, yeah, we, we got out hit 13 to 11, but, you know, they had so many extra base runners and they still left nine guys on base. So like <laughs> this could have been worse. Yeah, I, I, I just don't really see what the answer is right now either. We've tried throwing guys and trying new things, and uh, I don't know, maybe it's time to pull a red shirt off another freshman pitcher that we may be trying to save if if there is one. But right now, our best starter right now is Fincher in terms of ERA. That's 4.13. That's not bad for a starter, but that's not ace material. And this was a midweek game, so, I mean, he pitched the final out or the final three outs in the Tuesday game, and he was dominant there. But we have... I think four, maybe five pitchers I'm happy with, and we need more than five to be able to 
be in contention at the end of the year when it comes to trying to get into a regional or right now, the way this season is going, we will need to win the conference tournament to get to a regional. And that is a lot easier said than done. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, I saw a tweet earlier. I think I shared it with you all. This is the worst uh, start to a season. We're nine and eight right now. I believe this is the worst start since 2015 when we were eight and nine. Um, So, you know, as far as the the pre-conference play goes, we did not uh, really do as well as we had hoped. And, uh, you know, there's still a lot of baseball to play and we still have things to figure out. And, I guess our expectations were just so high because of all the people coming in. They seemed good, but it takes time for a team to gel, right, and and come together. So hopefully they'll be able to hit more consistently. And, uh, you know, really the pitching staff needs to take a step up um, if we're going to contend for this conference title, defend our conference title. Right. True. Yeah. I forgot about that. How did I forget about that? Yeah, let's uh, do players of the week real quick. At least I think I know who everyone will pick for a batter. I mean, it's pretty obvious we're all going to pick the same person. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's Carson. Yeah, it's Carson Evans. I mean, yeah. To do that when you've never even played, you're a true freshman. I mean, come on. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to figure out real quick while you guys are talking what his actual stats stat line was for pitcher. Though I think I'm gonna go ahead and give it to Landon Tompkins, even though he struggled mightily. If <laughs> the nicest possible thing to say about it against Arkansas to come back against Air Force. I mean, really, none of our pitching looked good the entire week. Um, but to be able to go and shake off the nightmare fuel that was walking five straight batters and come out and have a dominant performance against, granted, a bad team in Air Force, that still takes a lot of courage and it makes me happy for where he'll be in later down in the season. But I don't see a lot of other pitching performances to compare <laughs> or to feel happy about. So I want to go ahead and give him mine for player of the week or pitcher of the week. Yeah, I feel like uh, I'm in the same boat with you on that one, too. Um, pitcher. Ooh. I think Ryan Harland had a pretty good week. Yeah, he pitched on Saturday and Sunday against Arkansas and then three innings against Air Force on Tuesday, allowing just two hits and no runs in all three performances, including four strikeouts against Air Force. So, yeah, that's a pretty great pick. Yeah, so I'm going to go with Harland because he needed that, too. I mean, he's he's kind of struggled so far this year. Um, ab- absolutely. Tompkins on Tuesday is the performance of the entire week. I think, you know, six strikeouts, three innings of work, um, after he couldn't even throw a strike on Sunday, two days. Yeah. So, uh, but Sunday does exist. And I think Ryan Harland, um, Ryan Harland had a, a really good week. Um, Carson Evans had nine RBIs and eight hits in the five games. And I'm trying let's see if I can do math. So he was eight for 19, whatever that is in terms of an average. That is 421 against Arkansas and Air Force. So uh, hopefully this is just the start and he will continue on that path. Yeah, or get better. I mean, that's really what what you really want. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so this coming week or weekend, I guess, Tech will host Charlotte in a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday matchups at the Love Shack uh, 6 p.m. first pitch on Friday, 2 p.m. on Saturday, and the Sunday game was moved up to 11 a.m. Central. All three games on Kusa.tv or on KNBB 97.7. Yeah, it looks like um, Charlotte has uh, not had a good start to the season. They're 6-10 and 10 overall. They're on a two-game losing streak. It looks like they actually started 3-1, and one, so they're on a 3-9 they're on a three and nine stretch here. And they got swept la- or two weekends ago by number 11, Virginia Tech, on the road. And then they split a two-game set with Old Dominion last weekend um, and then lost 
last night to number 18 North Carolina at home, 16 to three. That's a um, rough stretch in there. You go from yeah, a weekend so, at Virginia Tech, you know, a midweek game against UNC Wilmington, then Old Dominion, that's supposed to be a three game series, ends up playing two. You split that, which is kind of remarkable considering Old Dominion's 15 and two right now. Oh, wow. And then take on number 20, is what I have as uh, for North Carolina and lose 16 to three. That one at least was at home for Charlotte. But yeah, their their recent record may not be that indicative of how good of a team they are because they've played some staunch foes. Well, that I mean, what stands out to me here is that they are desperately in need of a good start to conference play, uh, sort of like we are. Huh, what's that like? Bit, they're probably a little bit more desperate than we are being six and ten instead of nine and eight. But and and by the way, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say uh, ten and seven with an asterisk there because we beat Ole Miss that second game. But anyway. Anything to make myself feel better after the Arkansas debacle. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, as far as Charlotte goes, that they haven't really put it all together on the field, but I think one guy has, and his name's Cam Fisher. This guy, 368 average, 1.438 OPS um, through 16 games. So, wow. He's got 10 home runs in 16 games on a team that hasn't even won many games. So, uh, maybe intentionally walk this guy. We're going to walk anyway, right? <laughs> We're going to walk some guys anyway. <laughs> just, just hit him like we did all Wednesday night. He's got three hit by pitches too. That ties for the lead on, on the team. 16 walk. I mean, this guy's just all around great at the, at the plate. He's drawing walks. He's, he strikes out a bit, but you know, 21 hits to 15 strikeouts. Not bad. Yeah. yeah. And while Carson Evans is our only batter with an OPS of above one right now, uh, Charlotte has three other guys that also are actually at a, at one or are just above. I guess one of those guys has played in one game and gotten a walk, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> so we should probably take him out of the running. Uh, but Jake Cunningham and Caden Hobson have also been pretty tremendous with the bat in their hands so far this year. Uh, Hobson has gotten 24 walks and 71 plate appearances, uh, which is a pretty good standard. Uh, he'll try to get on base against the Bulldogs pitching staff that has you know walked people when they have not tried but when they just have done it but yeah i'm I'm more scared about cam fisher when it comes to his his slugging his ability to hit those home runs 10 on the year that's incredible yeah um for sure i mean it doesn't their lineup doesn't scare me too much they have they have a few batters above 250 average but only the one guy above three and that's cam fisher so really just watch out for him um what about on the on the mound yeah well the guy i'm most afraid of from the starting pitching position is white hudepohl h-u-d-e-p-o-h-l i'm most scared of him because like we said they've just faced a pretty tough stretch of games including old dominion this past weekend um on the friday game so i'm guessing this guy's their friday night starter complete game five hitter against the monarchs um, struck out 17 uh, by himself. Oh. That's a performance. Uh, and he'll probably take them on Friday against the Bulldogs going head to head with Jonathan Fincher. That's not who I want to see on an opposing mound. If I'm being honest. Well, fucked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, their relief pitching doesn't seem to be, at least when you look at things like whip and ERA as vaunted as that one guy <laughs> in terms of w- what their Friday night starters able to do. They have, one pitcher who's pitched in at least two games that has an ERA of under two, um, and he has an ERA of zero. So he's pitched one inning, gave up one hit, one run, but not an earned run. So that's what counts for ERA. Yeah. 
Uh, walked three. Okay, so never mind. I'm not scared of this guy at all. Uh, this is what you get when I look at the stats live while I'm also trying to talk about them. Yeah, their they're bullpen, I don't think, I'm not seeing anything to be afraid of. Really, I feel like it's a two-horse show when it comes to Charlotte. It's that Cameron Fisher with the bat, and it's Wyatt Hudipole. Hudipole. Yeah, I will say uh, Colin Kramer is a guy out of their bullpen. He won- He was on the uh, the conference freshman, all-freshman team last year. Uh, not a great start to this year. He's pitched 14 and two-thirds innings with almost a 10 ERA. Oh. Um, but, you know, he may settle in here as we get into conference play. He's got 18, 18 strikeouts to nine walks. So, you know, some, something to keep your eye on. You know, Tech has been helping people get their ERAs down at times. So um, he's not impressive on the page right now. But um, but maybe as as the season goes on, he'll settle in. Yeah, when they played Army back on February 26th, he pitched three innings, gave up two runs, but struck out seven. Mm. So seven of the nine yeah. outs he got were strikeouts. Wow. Huh. They've got a few pitchers, too, that are holding uh, batters to pretty low batting averages under under 300. Anyway, I guess that's not that great, but they have a couple guys in Paxton Thompson and Brevin Yarbrough. Uh, yeah. uh, under under 200 so you know they have some guys in the bullpen that are that are all right yeah i'm not going to say that they're all trash i'm just saying that there's not one that i'm gonna saying shut us out no hitter all weekend yep that's exactly what will happen um well it's not quite that bleak but if you look at the warren nolan uh predictions for this series uh they predict that Charlotte will win all three games against the Bulldogs. The first one five to four, the second one ten to seven, and then the Sunday finale seven to five. Uh, Massey ratings doesn't break it down by game. They think Tech will win uh, a given match against Charlotte six to five in Ruston. Hmm. Um, so that's kind of both sides of the coin. There, you either win a bunch or you lose a bunch. Which side do you think will fall on, Matt? Gonna sweep. Hell yeah! You need it, please. I like positive Matt. He's it's more fatherhood. Matt is much more positive. <laughs> fatherhood Matt. Uh, I, I, think we'll, I think we'll go two and one. Um, I don't know which one will drop, but probably Saturday. That seems to be, well, I don't know. Sunday pitching last week was the worst, but anyway, um, I haven't seen enough from the pitching staff to think that we can sweep anybody. I'm mostly afraid of the Friday game. I think we drop that one. Then one Saturday, Sunday with that starting pitcher on the mound for Charlotte. Um, I just, she's not on the show tonight, but I talked to Courtney before and she thinks we'll, we get swept this week. So, uh, Ooh. well, wow. yeah. Uh, also Courtney said that her player of the week was Eureka pizza ranch. Just wanted That's to true. make that known. <laughs> um, so when you go get your pizza in Northwest Arkansas, make sure you get that homemade ranch. It's very good. I like how we're showing more for this pizza company than we do for the sunflower seeds that we actually get oh. a kickback from. Oh yeah. Hey, buy sunflower seeds. Go check. <laughs> Go check at checkout. I, I brought some sunflower seeds to the game and it's like perfect eating for outfield, uh, outfield baseball watching. So 40 degree weather baseball yeah. watching. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. So code go tech at checkout Chinook Cedary. Yeah. Thanks Nathan. That's as good of a transition as any to basketball oh, uh, where this week, stop, both please. the men's and women's teams competed in Frisco, Texas for the conference USA basketball championship. Did the they? men's, well, no, but you know, <laughs> they tried. They tried to compete. Did they? Anyway, okay, uh, I'll walk it back further. Yeah, Thursday night, Tech took on FIU, a team that we have had some close games against, and this was another one. 
uh, Thursday night. Tech held a 45 to 25 lead with 17 and a half minutes left. But if you've watched any Bulldog basketball this year, you knew that lead was not safe. A 16-6 run, followed by a 12-2 run, allowed the Panthers to get within one with four minutes left. FIU then tied it up with two minutes left before Tech was able to rebuild a four-point lead with 19 seconds left on the clock. But FIU's John Williams Jr. hits a jumper, gets a steal, then hits two free throws to compose this into a tie at 69 and suddenly we're heading to overtime. Quandre Bullock took over in overtime going on an 8 to nothing run by himself as part of a 12 to 2 total team run by the Bulldogs to bring Tech a first round victory over the Florida International Panthers 81 to 76. Yeah, I mean good on good for them to get a victory. I don't know that we believed in them, but we had two guys with double doubles in this game. Uh Keiston Willis 23 points, 10 rebounds. That's great from him. Um and then uh 14 points, 11 rebounds from Trevon Mangum. So you know, maybe something to build on for next season, but yeah, just brutal to let them come all the way back. I never believed for one second that it was over, uh, but I was not anticipating it going to overtime, you know? Yeah. And it's something that we've just kind of seen all year and hopefully that trend doesn't continue to next season, but it just feels like, okay, we're up by 20. When are we going to blow it? And I mean, we did, we still won the game, but we'd still, you know, blew that 20 point lead. Yeah. Uh, that set up a, a great uh, rematch from last year's semifinals with North Texas in the uh, in the quarterfinals. And uh, what what can we what can we say about this? Um, we had one player in double figures, Jordan Crawford. Shout out to him. Ten points. Uh, team scored 46 points. So we got our doors blown off. It was not a game. Uh, North Texas was just messing with us. They didn't even have to care. Really. They played all their bench. Uh, you know, you look at the box score they've got, I mean, I don't even know. That's like 15 players. It feels like, uh, that they played in this game. It just a pathetic end to a, a rather sad season. Um, yeah, nothing more to say about it. We lost 74 to 46. Yeah. You were close 14 total. Mean green, green people, greens. Um, what's the plural? Or, yeah, what's the singular of mean green? <laughs> uh, anyway, well, as confused as I am about that, the Bulldog basketball team was as confused by the North Texas defense. Uh, three, sorry, two for 16 from three point land. That's 12 and a half percent. Yeah. Uh, shot 50, yeah, 55% from the free throw line. Yeah. It wasn't like we held our own for the first five minutes. Now North Texas was just like, we're going to beat you. I think they, yeah, at halftime, they had almost surpassed their total from last year because we beat them 42 to 36. They were leading 35 to 19 at halftime. So yeah, they, uh, they were not going to choke against the Bulldogs this time. Um, and yeah, men's season is over time to rebuild. Yeah. And meanwhile, the women's team, had higher hopes going into the Frisco tournament. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And this one tech shot a pathetic 32% from the field and got outscored 40 to 24 in the paint as UTEP dominated this game. Um, tech actually fought back and tied the game at the end of the third quarter, but just couldn't get it done in the fourth and ended up losing 64 to 54. Yeah. UTEP just had our number this year. Um, you know, they beat us twice way back in late December and early January. And uh, that worried me when we recorded last week, but I thought we would get the job done and uh, we didn't. So 
you know, uh, Keanu Walker, I think had 19 points, but shot four for 13 from the field. Like we need more from her in a, in a spot like that. And Roberson too, five for 12 from the field with only 12 points, just, just not getting it done. Um, really as a whole team. And yeah, getting outscored in the paint like that is just not a good sign when we score a lot of our points in the paint with Roberson. Yeah. So I said it was MTSU's conference to win uh, or to lose. I mean, and, uh, they they didn't even have to go through tech this time to do it, but they uh, they did end up winning. So I guess I was right. I was one for one on predicting who the champions would be. But the women's season is not over. Is that correct, Nathan? Did I see that? Yes. Uh, Keanu Walker, who you mentioned a second ago, uh, she now has 25 straight games with double figures scored, and she'll look to make that 26 as the Texters have entered the WNIT. Yeah. The men have played in a few times recently, but the Texters will play off against guess who Arkansas in the first round go back of to the WNIT. Bed. Yeah. I mean, they're hosting it Thursday, the day this comes out at 7 PM central on the SEC network. Plus still don't really know what that plus stands for. Uh, Evan, what can you tell me about this matchup? Yeah. So this is actually the fourth overall match between tech and Arkansas, but it's the first in 40 years since tech opened the 1983 season beating Arkansas 75 to 52 in Fayetteville. Um, so that would have been, I think we were on some kind of crazy win streak of like 50 or 60 games at that point. So that's pretty cool. Um, remember, remember those days before we were alive. Um, <laughs> Tech also played Arkansas twice in the seventies, uh, both in Ruston and beat them both times. So we're actually three and zero all time against the Razorbacks lady Razorbacks. I don't know. This year, Arkansas is 21 and 12 overall. They underperformed their season expectation of fifth in the SEC uh, and finished eighth overall in the conference. I think they won a conference tournament game and then lost. Um, And they have four players averaging in double figures, so they kind of spread the ball around. But they're led by Aaron Barnum, who averages nearly 16 points per game. Yeah, so hopefully they're able to go pretty far into the WNIT. Of course, they're not even favored in their first game, I don't believe. No, they wouldn't But uh, yeah, it, maybe they, they weren't able to make any noise in Fresco. Maybe they'll be able to make some in the WNIT. But we've gone through a lot of pretty bad news so far in this show. I mean, all the, the baseball losses, the the tournaments for both basketball teams. Evan, we've got some good news in bowling this week, don't we? Yeah. Uh, bowling team went up to Addison, Illinois for the ITC. Inter, uh, it stands for Intercollegiate Team Championship. Because um, right. we were mad a year ago that it didn't have a B in it for bowling. Yes. Um, well, BITC would be pretty cool. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, they competed in the USBC sectional qualifiers at this event and ended up uh, finishing third, which you had to finish in the top four to qualify for the national championship tournament in Las Vegas. And they did that. So, um, and then also Allison Sands came in fourth individually, giving her a bid to compete for an individual national title. Um, So those championships will be in April. Then I think the way it works is then they do the NCAA stuff. So there's two opportunities to win a national title. Anyway, um, that's not the only uh, other sport we needed to talk about, though. We also had softball games this week, Nathan. Yes. Uh, The men's team, the the baseball team will open up conference play this weekend, but softball to this previous weekend hosting the number one team of the conference. What a way to start off (laughs) Coosa play North Texas. 
was a tough three to one loss Friday night in 11 innings. Remember, softball typically plays seven. So that's four extra innings. Then one on Saturday, seven to two, and then another close loss, three to two on Sunday. But on Tuesday, uh, they beat Northwestern State five to nothing, kind of putting it back on track and hoping to gain some some momentum carried forward to this week where they play at Florida International in Miami, Um, a team ranked 142nd. Right now, Tech is ranked 90th in the nation. Uh, Right now, Massey gives Tech a 71% chance to win these games, five to three. And then next Wednesday, in case we don't get to record by then, the Texters will play Texas A&M at Texas A&M. They are number 19 in the country Ooh. right now. This will be a tough matchup, yeah. um, at least in Massey rankings. Uh, a 16% chance to win this game, 4-1 to one final score predicted. Damn, I got tennis. Okay. Uh, and the only reason I say that is because I have to pronounce someone's name. Um, <laughs> the tennis team won 4-1 to one at Tarleton State this week, um, so that's cool. Um, they're 10 and four so far this season and junior tennis player, Leonie Shuknecht won her fourth, uh, conference USA player of the week award this season. So that's pretty cool. Um, and then this week they'll play a, a three match or three game. However, we decided people say that against Northwestern state incarnate word and Alcorn state at home. So hopefully they can, uh, go ahead and sweep that weekend and keep this, keep this win streak going. Yeah, and I think we're done. I think that's all the sports. And uh, yeah, thank you, Bowling, especially for, you know, giving us some some much needed optimism, which it feels like it's been their job to do that over the past couple of years when other sports have been down. But yeah, let's go ahead and enter the end of the show bits. Let's go to Tweet of the Week, unless you have a better one. Evan, what's this week's Tweet of the Week? You're going to make me read out my own tweet as Tweet of the Week? I think um, I've done it before. <laughs> uh yeah, so during the debacle that was the North Texas game um, in the conference tournament, I made a dumb Snapchat-based meme uh, with the call an ambulance but not for me thing, but I I put a tech logo on the guy's head. I said, call an ambulance for me. <laughs> um, and I guess if it makes me laugh, then it's, you know, it's worthy of Tweet of the Week. So I guess we're giving ourselves Tweet of the Week. But yeah, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please on Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Or head to our blog, gtpdd.dog, where you can read some blog posts from earlier in the year. Or go to the shop, gtpdd.dog slash shop, where you can get this month's shirt of the month, which is a tech script baseball shirt. You can also get the additional shirt we added this month, the We Don't Care and a tank and Razorback women's-style tank as well. And also, you can get the sticker now, the 2023 GTBDD sticker. We tweeted out a few times this week as we went to baseball games. Bulldog driving a car. It's it's a pretty cool sticker, in my opinion. You get three of them for three bucks. And, uh, yeah, you should do all three of those things at gtbdd.dog slash shop. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And go Tech. Please don't die. Nathan, you sound far away again. Okay. Well, let's check that. I didn't switch anything since I started talking. Speaking of far away, tech and victory. Ah. Uh.